Super Talk Mississippi media production. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Good morning and welcome to the Coast View. You know, this show is dedicated to the men and women of the Gulf Coast who are working overtime to make this a better place to live, work, and play. Kyle, our producer, has done an amazing job. Kyle, good morning, buddy. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. Don't we have some potentially dangerous weather coming? Uh, uh, maybe not so much today. I think the heavier stuff is really going to be more towards tomorrow. Yeah. So Today's you, only like a 30% chance later this afternoon, late this evening. But I think the big rain's coming tomorrow and tomorrow night. So people should pay attention. Uh, yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed my conversation with Rick Carter and Terry Green. Didn't you? Those guys were great. I liked hearing the stories. Yeah, they, you know, their vision and determination, uh, the kind of impact they had on this state is, is you know, really, really important. Yes, uh, I think uh, I think now people have a better appreciation for that. So if you didn't get a chance to see that yesterday, you can go to any of the podcasts. Uh, my son called from New York, and he he was using Spotify, and he typed in Coast View. He listened to the show yesterday morning. Uh, you can go to the Facebook page, which is uh, Super Talk Gulf Coast 103.1. You can go to our web page. There's a lot of ways to intervene. We want you to be able to see this show, hear this show, uh, any way you want to do it, when you want to do it. So anyway, thanks for joining us today. Um, so now, my, my buddy Rick, Rick – I mean, excuse me, my buddy John Harrison. I refer to John as a transformational leader. He's, he's someone who is that both professionally – He's that in the community. When we started the Sun-Herald Leadership Awards, back when I was publisher of the Sun-Herald, what I had in mind when I thought about who would we recognize, I thought about people like John, and especially John, because we want to be able to hold him up as an example, someone who uh, others can emulate, that others can follow, that others can learn from, and that's what that award was all about. It's now the Coast Chamber won Coast Awards. When I was a newspaper publisher, and I was publisher in three different states, um, I met a lot of smart people, um, that, that's for sure. And I put John, John doesn't know this, but I put John in no specific order in the top three of the people that I came in contact with. And I think the reason for that is is because he has such a passion, he has such a, a strong commitment, uh, he has the capacity. Your, your, your capacity, John, is incredible. And he, is, he has the ability to work in the community, work in his profession, and work at his company all simultaneously. And the other thing about John is he's a fun-loving guy. He's got a great smile. He loves to have fun. He loves the outdoors, especially fishing. And he is extraordinarily passionate about his family. So with all that said, John, did we raise the bar high enough? Oh, you completely blew the introduction. That was way too good and too gushy. You overshot, outkicked your coverage, every, every uh, anomaly I can think of uh, describing it. But, uh, but it's a pleasure to be on the show. It's yeah. been a while since we worked together. It has been. It's been it's too been. long. And uh, congratulations on the show. Yes. Uh, I got to listen to the one from yesterday with yeah. Rick and Terry. And, yeah. uh, and I, I know those guys. You know, and, I, and I learned things from listening to that show that I had long since forgotten or didn't even know. So yeah. uh, what a terrific show. Your other guests have just been out of the park. So congratulations. I guess this is day four. This is it. Of the show. Yeah. It's terrific. and. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I think it's going to be a big hit, Ricky, yeah. I really do, yeah. because the topics that you get to cover are, are not just limited to the coast, but the state and the region mm-hmm. and the importance of some of the things that happen here on the coast. So 
so thanks to the show. Thanks to you for taking the time. Thanks to Kyle for making us all sound good. Today. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, so, um, so John, yeah. one of the things, one of the things is you is you, we've talked about this so many times before, but the importance of leadership on so many different levels. Um, and this show has an opportunity through, you know, inspiring people to think about their role in the community. Yeah. I hope that by talking to people like you and Terry and Rick and uh, Haley and Bobby and the ones that are to come, that they'll be able to pick up one or two or three things that they can actually use in their careers. Yeah. I also want to remind people, you know, they should love living here. That this, this is one of the most special places on earth. And it's a great reminder of that. So, and then at the end of the day, I hope it's enjoyable. I hope people just enjoy it. Rick, Rick, and I laughed with Rick and Terry yesterday when he mm-hmm. talked about when he went off to college. He was five ten. Then when he got back from college, he was six five. And yeah. Rick said, "What in the heck have you been drinking?" Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's great. I mean, the point mm-hmm. about the boat that sunk yeah. and then the second boat, and just the the way things had to line up just right. And I really think. <clears throat> You know, God's good. We yeah. get blessings that we didn't expect and certainly didn't earn yeah. at these precise moments in our lives. Yes, and, we do. Uh, when you have folks tell their story, and I wish you could get every Coast citizen on your show and listen to their story I because yeah. there's so many of them that are just tremendous. And and uh, and I was I was in you know Southwest Texas yesterday, um, and and passed this big stockyard that had all kind of equipment and things going on. And uh, uh, and just ask, you know, what's that big facility doing right here in the middle of the of the uh, of the the dry area? And, uh, and and it was a Biloxi company. Oh, really? I mean, so there's yeah. there's uh, uh, you know one of the greatest exports that we have in Mississippi is our people. Yeah. And I wish there were more roles for our people to our kids to come home yeah, and live you. and work here. But uh, but thank goodness for Mississippians that are able to leave and go develop wonderful things bring back those companies and then begin to franchise them elsewhere and and so uh we i think we are, we're a meaning we're a more meaningful part of the american fabric than maybe the state sometimes gets credit for. i i can't agree more so john let's talk about gr- your your early life growing up and who were your inspirations and what led you to go to state and pick engineering T- just talk about that yeah, sadly we're going a lot of years back now it's yeah, been too many yeah. but uh, but i was actually born in greenville mm-hmm. mississippi my dad's family was generally in the Delta. My mother's family was down here, and uh, uh, and at that time, uh, my dad was living in the Delta, and so my siblings were raised there. And but my father always wanted to come to the coast, mm-hmm. and uh, and he described me as his late-term surprise. I'm much younger than my siblings, and so uh, when I was just a very small boy, uh, and Camille had had uh, just destroyed much of the coast, particularly the western part of the Mississippi coast. And uh, and he took that moment to to leave and, and to come back to where my mother always wanted to be in her family. Her mother was here and her sister, and so we moved here. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I was talking to Kyle right before the show. He's a Long Beach kid, and and so the first place that we lived uh, were the patio apartments right on the beach there uh, in uh, downtown Long Beach, while Dad got a house ready for Mom and me in Bellevue here mm-hmm. in Gulfport. Mm-hmm. And so that first three months of my life, that summertime break as I was getting ready to start school at Bellevue Elementary, um, the sun never shined on me when I wasn't out there on the rock pile. And I remember, uh, I guess, I mean, I was, you know, really not old enough to be doing this, but I was a pretty mature kid when I was <clears throat> small. And so I was out, you know, seining for bait fish, selling bait fish to, to fishermen and I had crab pots. I'd, I had I'd read 30 crab pots all up and down there and selling crabs to tourists that were coming in to, 
to buy them and uh, uh, just had a wonderful upbringing. Some of the best people in the world. Yeah. Uh, the first time I ever had uh, French dressing on pizza was at Mr. Jack's mm-hmm. in uh, downtown Long Beach. And then when the, uh, the house was done, we moved to 47th Street, not far, Ricky, from where you were raised. Right, and right. Uh, I mean, just, I think, six or seven streets over from where, you know, t- uh, Rick was raised. Yeah. And so, from yesterday's show. So, uh, grew up in Bellevue, Bellevue Elementary, Bellevue Junior High, as it was called back then. And when I was in ninth grade was when Gulfport High and Gulfport East consolidated. And so, the Commodores and the Vikings became the admirals. And so, I was in the first graduating class of admirals. They'd been admirals the whole time. And uh, a couple of weeks after graduation, my dad had a heart attack and and. and Really, we lost him and revived him a couple of times, and he ended up surviving. But uh, Dad was a uh, uh, quit school in ninth grade to go to World War II mm-hmm. after Pearl Harbor, um, and uh, was a very patriotic guy. As most of those World War II veterans, just incredible people. And uh, and when he came back, he and Mom immediately, you know, started having kids. And and I was a very late one, but uh, but it was very important to Dad after not getting a chance to have an education and dreamed of being an attorney and he would go to the courthouse in Gulfport and listen to cases mm-hmm. you know always wishing gee I wish I'd been able to do that so his passion for his family were for us to be able to to get an education and to have maybe a little easier life than he and mom had raising you know their kids so it was uh, it was a, a non-starter to discuss not going to college no matter how hard you had to and so uh, in a really difficult time for for my family um, when he got sick, and, and I so I stayed home for a year and went to to uh, Gulf Coast Community College, spent a year at JD, mm-hmm. so I could help take care of Dad because he was really sick during that time. And uh, and then I went on to Starkville to Mississippi State, which was a uh, I didn't know at the time, but that was going to be a defining moment in terms of what I did for a living. Um, uh, uh, so I, I majored in chemical engineering because my two baseball playing buddies were engineers, and they told me. You can get a great job, you know, as an engineer. Um, my study partner uh, and lab partner's kid sister walks in one day. She was two years younger. We were juniors, and she was a freshman. That was Ann. We both we both married Anns. We both married women <laughs> that we, we just don't deserve because they're so wonderful. <laughs> they are. So, you're uh, so right. Married yeah. Ann uh, uh, out of school. We uh, moved to New Orleans, and at that time, um, you know, there just weren't a lot of things you could do on the coast, and so... I spent time trying to figure out a way to one day get home. So what we'll do, uh, Mm -hmm. great place to stop. We'll continue that conversation with John Harrison after the break. But, John, you're talking about going to the rock piles. My parents used to let me go to Courthouse Road Pier and spend the night. Uh, I I would never let my kid do uh, that today. But uh, what an influence that had on me. Uh, Look forward to coming back after the break. Thanks for joining us here. iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Sometimes the issues of life require the assistance of a professional. Whether it involves an asbestos-related disease such as mesothelioma, personal injury from an accident, a real estate issue, or even an impending arrest charge, you need the help of an attorney. Cumbest, Cumbest, Hunter, and McCormick have more than 100 years combined experience representing the interests of Jackson County and Gulf Coast clients. Cumbest, Cumbest, Hunter, and McCormick. Proud to support the Ole Miss Rebels. 762-5422. CCHMLawyers.com. This is Home Answers Radio, and my guest today is Trey Jackson of Bulldog Construction. Trey, if a business has uneven sidewalks, they're asking for trouble. Would you agree? Lynn, they are. It's a trip hazard and it needs to be fixed. Our foam technology can level those uneven walks without having to lay down any new concrete. Much easier and more affordable. Trey, my wife tripped over one of those and skinned her knee up. She was fortunate. Call Bulldog Construction at 601-853-4242. Hi, Saver. Walgreens here. We like the way you save. Take coffee. You know it doesn't have to cost $4 a cup, so you make your own and co-pays on Medicare Part D. You save up to $5 and get 100 balance rewards points on each prescription when Walgreens is your preferred pharmacy. Save smartly on Med D. Walgreens, trusted since 1901. Copay savings on Tier 1 generic drugs available through select plans that include Walgreens as a preferred pharmacy. Points cannot be earned in Arkansas, New Jersey, or New York. Complete details at walgreens.com slash balance. Ah, the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Insurance Company and Affiliates. Are you going to be turning 65 in the next six months? You really need to start working on your options right now. For the last 50 years, you've trusted Gary Smith to help you with those options, and he's still here for you today. Start looking for a simple card in your mailbox. Not a piece of mail with an 800 number, but a simple card to say hello with a 228 number. That's Gary Smith. Talk to Gary and tell him what you're looking for and what you can afford for your Medicare supplemental insurance and Plan D prescription drug plan. That way you can keep your doctor and your meds. Call the Gary Smith Agency or visit online at Gary Smith agency.net. Our policy is taking care of you. Does climbing the flight of stairs to your elevated home make your joints ache? Need an outdoor elevator for your home or business? ELS Lifts provides residential, commercial, and cargo lifts designed to withstand the harsh coastal environment to simplify your elevated living needs. Every ELS lift is fabricated with marine-grade aluminum using stainless cables and hardware. Available for beach homes, commercial buildings, barns, and even houseboats. Call 888-990- Lift or visit elslifts.com. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. And welcome back. We've got uh, John Hairston, the CEO of Hancock Whitney Bank, and, and really um, has defined himself in the community as a community leader. We, we talked about his early life, what led him to Mississippi State, and uh, now he's talking about getting back to the coast. So talk to us about the road you went through. <clears throat> To make it back here it, it's a it's a <clears throat> twisted and winding journey you know to get home but uh but i guess probably at this point i should make the point that everybody's life journey has these turns that you make and most of the time it's a, a combination of just good luck because something happened well at that time but it's also good guidance and so mm-hmm. some of the most meaningful changes and and pathways in my life really came because uh, someone 
took it under their heart to take me under wing and uh, uh, and give me good direction and give me good coaching and counsel. And one of the individuals, and it was a man named Bill McIntyre, who worked for what was then Arthur Anderson, now it's called Accenture. It was a consulting arm of that firm. And uh, and I was headed out of school as engineer. My dream, you know, Dad had a shrimp boat, a little bitty shrimp boat, and I spent nights, particularly in the summer times, working on that boat. And we'd see these big vessels headed out to the to the uh, to the blue water. And I always wanted to work out there, and I wanted to do it as an engineer, and I wanted to do rig design for both drilling and production platforms. And that's what I studied, and I mm-hmm. loved it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Billy Mack, as we called him, came in to interview, you know, engineers, and uh, and and a friend talked me into going with him to an interview and talked to Mill and he said, if you'll come to work with the firm, we can learn business, not just the technology or the engineering application, but business. And so it was the lowest job offer I had, but it was the only one that he had promised, I'll expose you to, to the way companies really work and how they take their product and actually turn it into to making money and growing and adding jobs and making a difference in the community. And that was intriguing, so I took that job, and that's how I ended up in New Orleans instead of Houston. Because um, at that time, a lot of the Houston, uh, a lot of the, the engineering jobs were moving to Houston, mm-hmm. and so um, so I was only an hour from home, and uh, close enough to really be home. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the firm uh, directed engineers to different types of disciplines, and and the big engin- the big oil and gas crisis of the '80s had occurred. A lot of banks had failed, and many of those banks had assets that were energy related, and you know, your typical banking and finance guy hadn't really been exposed to engineering equipment. And so, I mean, I, I, I knew what a drill bit was supposed to look like. And I, didn't have a, I wasn't an expert, but I had enough knowledge to know if it was laying in the weeds, is that something that may be worth something or not? And so um, they, they selected a whole bunch of engineers that were willing to leave the engineering side of the company and go to banking. And I went to Texas, really because Ann was in Houston, was my biggest driver. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, and so went out there and, uh, and was exposed to the banking uh, practice, particularly companies that were struggling, just trying to make it, just hold on long enough to get through this difficult time. And so the engineering was interesting, but the real fascinating part was the people part of that business where, you know, for a living, your job is to help people realize their goals. And sometimes the pathway to those goals can be surprising and go through difficult times. And I never came out of the banking practice. Mm-hmm. I stayed in that group, uh, left the engineering side and stayed with the banking group and um, uh, and eventually picked my two primary clients in the southeast were these uh, two little banks called Whitney Bank in New Orleans and Hancock Bank in Mississippi, and they were both two of my primaries. What about so, the irony of that? Isn't that something? And yeah. then uh, uh, and 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 while I was at Hancock, I heard the stories that Leo Seal and George Slogel used to talk about in the long history of the bank. And Leo spoke fondly of his mm. father's interaction with Hancock and Whitney Bank. And, and, you know, most people don't realize when Hancock was founded, there were two banks, the Bank mm-hmm. of Orleans and Hancock County Bank. It was named for Hancock County mm-hmm. and Bank of Orleans named for New Orleans. And they were commonly owned. The president of both banks was the same person. Mm-hmm. And he traveled every day by train back and forth between Bay St. Louis and New Orleans to operate those banks. And in 1918, uh, when the Bank of Orleans was in trouble because of a commodities recession, the board of Hancock had to make a decision to either recapitalize the Bank of Orleans out of Hancock uh, or uh, or let it fail, which would have been a terrible values breach for the organization, mm-hmm. uh, or find someone to recapitalize it. And so they sold it, and because of the relationship between the two banks, they sold it to Whitney. Wow. And so the, uh, the Bank of Orleans became part of the Whitney mm-hmm. Bank, and the president went with the deal. 
Mm-hmm. And the loss of that president led to the search for someone with an accounting background to lead the bank. And that was Leo Seal Sr. Wow. And so yeah. that, that whole pathway just, and, and then here we are 100 years later, and Leo's son is telling me, you know, a young kid that's there to help them become an interstate bank about this long history between the two organizations. And that's the conversation eventually led to the combination of Hancock and Whitney when Whitney was having a tough time. Mm-hmm. And, and Whitney had been the bank that helped Leo Sr. during the Depression to keep the Hancock side alive. Let's so, go back a little bit. I'm going to actually history. have the opportunity to talk to George Schlegel in a, a week or two. You'll enjoy that history. Yeah, he's, he's a historian, and, and what, a, what a great impact he has had. I wish Leo were alive today. Yeah, I, wouldn't yeah. it be fun to have him sitting here having a conversation with him about his you know, journey? It would be. And, and you, you know, you, we mentioned earlier people that made a difference in your life, and Leo and George uh, were two of those for me. Mm-hmm. And both, uh, and I, I, I got off the road, you know, I was in the consulting business so busy, uh, moved back to Gulfport, went to work, you know, really on the payroll at Hancock. As a young guy, I think I was 28 or 29, mm-hmm. and I was the chief operations officer of this publicly traded bank, way over my head, you know. And, and Leo <laughs> and George were kind enough to give me a shot, and uh, and both of them took an interest in me as just a young person. Um, Leo uh, spent hours and hours, you know, days and, and years uh, teaching me not just the business, but also um, the importance of ensuring solvency and safety. And that the bank is not about the bank. The bank is about the people because we don't have any money. We have everybody else's money. And yeah. so, uh, so that that importance and the and the um, the the honor of the industry was something that he really taught me. And George uh, uh, did the same thing when it came to people. Mm-hmm. And he helped me understand. In fact, one of the most meaningful stories he ever told me was one I when I tell younger folks now is called the price of leadership. And, uh, and he had said the best things you can ever accomplish as a community active business person are going to be accomplished with you leaving some skin, some blood, and maybe even a little meat on the floor. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're, uh, and, and, and I've learned that. I mean, the, some of the most beneficial things that we as a community have done together, it wasn't like we walked in a room and everybody suddenly agreed. Right. I mean, you have to fight sometimes, yeah. and it's not fun to do that. It's mm-hmm. not, I don't enjoy it in the least. But, but trying to get the right things done for the benefit of the entire population, sometimes there is a price of that leadership. So, so John, when I was publisher of the Sun-Herald, I would get handwritten notes from Leo. He, mm-hmm. he would feel strongly mm-hmm. about something. Maybe it's an editorial or maybe it's a speech that I gave and he was there. I remember specifically something to do with Stennis. And I remember mm-hmm. how much science and math, you know, re, I mean, his passion for Stennis was so significant. And he would write me these long handwritten notes, you know, just just to hopefully inspire me to continue to yeah. to put forward. I I was always amazed that he was willing to put that kind of energy into mm-hmm. that kind of, of a relationship. Mm-hmm. That doesn't surprise you, though, does it? Not at all. I, I have a file called Leo Notes, <laughs> and I have every note that Leo ever wrote me in that file. That's awesome. And uh, and and they it, it really read like prophecy. Yeah. I mean, he he was uh, you know, when you run a a company, and he was a community leader from 1963 until his death. Wow. Um, uh, 53 years, he was president of a company here in South Mississippi. And you see some things. Mm-hmm. And uh, in fact, the first public project I had, Leo, uh, I, I say assigned me, stuck me with, maybe more more uh, uh, accurate because it was something he believed was incredibly important. 
and most people didn't see, and that was the Shared Services Center um, at Stennis. Right. So you brought Stennis. Mm-hmm. And we were either going to lose jobs or gain jobs. And uh, George had been the Stennis guy. You know, Lee was first Leo and then George, and mm-hmm. and George transitioned that to me. And, and as a, a pretty young guy in my 30s, I had the monkey to, to, to try to invest time and, and gather the business community together to support a coastwide venture. Because even though it was at Stennis, which is – People think of it as Pearl River County and Hancock County. That's a coastwide, really even a regional site you mm-hmm. know, that's beneficial to our community. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we won that 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 competition to have the Shared Services Center at Stennis. And then it was taken from us. It was a very political type of activity. And we had to bid it again and won it again. <laughs> and, uh, and and it's still out there today. Yeah. And it makes a difference. And so... Uh, so what extent yeah. did that influence you at, So uh, in the post-Katrina world when you guys ended up building your, a shared services center for Hancock Bank? Did, yeah. did those learnings affect you? Yeah. I mean, you're just a product of the lessons you learn. Yeah. And some of those are good experiences. Some of those are, are experiences you wish you'd handled differently. And so all those exercises, you know, lead you to a better place. And, uh, you know, and I, I look, you know, the older I get, the more I think back at the things, the kindnesses that mm-hmm. people showed. And so uh, the older I get, the more I want to try and invest some of those lessons back to the younger crowd. And if you can get just three or four people as passionate about doing good things for the community, um, I think you've had a successful career. Yeah, I, I can't. Forget the business, forget. You know, what you do yourself, just trying to pass some of those lessons back, I think is the most important thing we can do. So when we come back, we'll continue the journey of what John's life has been like since the merger with, with Hancock and between Hancock and, and Whitney. And we'll talk about the community and where that passion comes from and why it's important for us to have strong regional leadership here in coastal Mississippi. So we'll be back after this break. Thank you very much. Live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. Bullet points. I'm Evan Brown. Could it be that after more mass shootings, more people will want so-called red flag laws aimed at taking firearms from mentally unstable people? People that are insane, people that are sick up here, I don't want them to be able to get a gun. President Trump likes the idea on its face, as if now nobody with documented mental illness or aggression issues would get flagged in a background check. In addition, the same individual may not have any records that rise to the level of commitment or adjudication. Adeline Alchin's group supports red flag laws, but what could stop someone from trying to take your guns away just because they don't like you? Amy Swear with the Heritage Foundation. When properly constructed to afford robust due process protections, red flag laws may provide an important mechanism for intervention with regard to both suicides and mass public shootings. And those are your bullet points. I'm Evan Brown, Fox News. Everyone in my family uses electricity differently. But when it comes to our Touchstone Energy Cooperative, we all think about it the same way. The co-op is power. Power. Sure, electricity turns the lights on, but power is the information I get from my co-op about efficiency, safety, technology, and I trust the co-op because we We are are the the co-op. They're our neighbors. Our friends. Our home. 
brought to you by Coast Electric and Singing River Electric, your Touchstone Energy Cooperatives. The new year is here, and I found the perfect way to shake up our shopping routine. It's Walmart's grocery pickup and delivery. Oh, yeah? We get the same prices as in-store, but at Walmart, they do the shopping for you. So it's like a shopping shortcut. A fairy grocery mother who just shops her grocery list so hard. A secret sauce that makes running errands a cakewalk. A life hack that hacks your life to get more life out of life. Nice. Use code WOWFRESH and get $10 off your first grocery pickup or delivery today. Walmart. Save money, live better. Delivery fee applies. Delivery available in select markets. First order only $50 minimum. Expires March 31st, 2020. Restrictions apply. A cold can ruin your day. Sneezing, coughing, stuffiness. It's the worst, especially when you know you have a life to live. But when you have a cold, life doesn't stop, so neither should you. DayQuil Severe provides maximum strength relief for your worst cold and flu symptoms, so you can get through your day like a champ. I mean, seriously. Who's time to be sick. Don't let a cold ruin your day. DayQuil Severe is fast and powerful relief. And that's what you want. DayQuil, the nighttime coughing, aching, stuffy head, power through your day medicine. Are your drains draining slow? Did you know this could be the beginning of a bigger problem with your plumbing system? At Masterflow Plumbing, we keep your pipes flowing. Serving the Gulf Coast commercial and residential markets. Masterflow Plumbing from water to sewer lines, toilets to water heaters, or faucets to clogged drains. If it has a pipe and it quits flowing, Masterflow will keep it going. See a leak in your kitchen, bath, or yard? Call Masterflow Plumbing. We know leaks inside and out. Proudly serving the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Call 228-870-0471 or visit masterflowplumbing.net. I've got to get that fixed. Uneven driveways causing headaches? Helms Polyfoam will fix it without tearing up your driveway in the process. We inject polyfoam under settled concrete to stabilize it in a matter of minutes, not days. Polyfoam is used on runways, railways, and highways, so there is no question it will support your driveway. We also repair seawalls, sidewalks, pond dams, retaining walls, and unstable soil. Visit HelmsPolyfoam.com or call Helms Polyfoam at 601-966-7821. When you need to pick up a last-minute birthday card or gift, stop in to Love's Pharmacy and Gifts in Pass Christiane. Yes, Love's is a full-service pharmacy combining local hospitality and affordability. When half of the store has unique gifts, beautiful decorations for your home, fragrances, and free gift wrapping, you only have to make one stop. Love's Pharmacy and Gifts, 12345 Vidalia Road in Pass Christiane. If you love great service with a smile, you'll love Love's Pharmacy with a second location now open in Ocean Springs. Hey, I'm Steve Azar, and you never know who or what you'll hear when I spend a Mississippi minute with my friends. We are with the fabulous Norbert Putnam as he played on so many hit records, you can't count them, and produced for some of the biggest acts ever. We got to talk Jimmy Buffett. One day at breakfast, he says, uh, I started a new song. So it's about a night and a day in Key West. I played a bar and I got drunk, and coming home, I stepped out of my flip-flop, and I just kept going. I stepped on a beer can. And <laughs> next morning, I'm up, and I'm hungover, and I'm trying to make a margarita. I got some shrimp boiling. I can't find the salt. And I said, Jimmy, I kind of like this. And he said, yeah, I think I'll call it Margaritaville. In a Mississippi Minute. Be sure to check out In a Mississippi Minute with me, Steve Azar, right here on your local Super Talk Mississippi station and now on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. 
The Mississippi Power Weather Center. Your weather now. Now. Cloudy today. We may see some showers, possibly a thunderstorm later this afternoon. High 67. Tonight, mostly cloudy. Overnight, a 30% chance of showers and thunderstorms. Low 61. Cloudy again tomorrow. 50-50 shot of showers and thunderstorms. High 72. Chance of rain increases to 80% for tomorrow night. It'll be breezy. Low 63. Visit MississippiPower.com slash ways to save to learn about programs and resources that can help you save energy and money on your electric bill. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back uh, with John Harrison, the CEO of Hancock Whitney. John's story is inspiring. I told him during the break we could talk for seven hours about all of our learnings along the way. But one of the things that we were talking about a few minutes ago was that when these opportunities you know, present themselves in front of you, you have to be willing to take those opportunities. you got to listen to the tea leaves and the risk-taking. When Rick talked yesterday about going to get that, that boat and, and these incredibly defining moments that he and, he and Terry went through, they could have said no and chosen not to go forward. But you were talking about there are these moments that every business and every person has Reflect on it just a bit. Yeah, John. there's just as you go through life and the, the life of a person or a, a family or, or a business, um, there's always those proverbial forks in the road. And one of those, you know, the left one may be to, uh, to play the safe road. Don't take the chance. Uh, don't sign up to work seven days a week, all night long. And, uh, and then there's the hard road. And invariably, the tough road is usually the best one. Yes. Um, and you can't take it every time because you might be weary from the last one you took. But more often than not, the right answer is to you know get your chest out, chin up, gloves up, and 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 do whatever you have to do to make that decision be proven right. Yeah. So uh, such uh, a great lesson in in how to succeed in life. That was a Leo lesson. That was a Leo. That lesson. was a Leo lesson. Yeah. So. Yeah. So Hancock Whitney, the merger yeah. with Hancock Whitney. Let's talk about that a, a okay. bit before we move to the community. Yeah, that the I mentioned earlier, uh, the history of the organizations went back to, but there's no one left alive who was part of the original framework of those two organizations, the Bank of Orleans, and that that uh, very storied history. Um, uh, but but Leo's dad, you know, Leo Senior, shared with him that in 19. You know, Horatio Weston, who was the president of the bank that owned the Weston Timber Company, brought young Leo in to be the, the president. And he was cashier when uh, the Depression hit. And, you know, cashier is kind of today's chief operating officer, right? Yeah. It was a big deal to be the cashier. Leo Sr. was a young cashier. He was 28, maybe 27 years old. Uh, the Depression hits. Banks are failing everywhere. Um, uh, Horatio has a stroke, goes down with a stroke. And here's young Leo left with this franchise that I think only two banks, People's Bank and Hancock County Bank, were still alive uh, during that time on the coast. It was a bad time. Um, and, uh, and, and Leo Sr. had knew the history of the Bank of Orleans and Whitney. And so he went to see a guy named John Bowden, who was president of the Whitney Bank at the time, and uh, and John took a liking to Leo, and uh, and they worked together to help each other during the depression. And in 1935, the, the company folklore was that they formed a pact that if either company were threatened, the other would rise to its aid. Because 
1935, nobody knew that it was going to be over within a few years. I mean, you don't know if this is going to be 10 years. I mean, and so, right, right. so uh, and they assisted each other. And so uh, that arrangement was honored from 1935 forward um, through, through the two Leos. And so one of the, the last conversations I have with Leo before he regrettably passed uh, was around, you know, remember, you know, the commitments the company has made, and that was one of them. And so when when uh, when Whitney was challenged, it was a great franchise, a great name. Founded 18, I mean, think about it, 135 years ago when Whitney was, was founded. That's a lot of history and a lot of good things done in the community, and and uh, it was threatened. And, uh, uh, and, and so both from a position of honor and taking that right fork of the road towards it'll be a a challenging time to double the size of Hancock um, uh, by uh, putting Hancock and Whitney together. But that was the right decision to make, both from a point of honor and from a point of business to create value for our investors. And so um, we did that transaction pretty quickly. And it was tough because, you know, anytime, take a neighborhood and take, you know, uh, half the members of each family and put them in the house next door. And it takes a while for the family to all operate smoothly mm-hmm. again, right? Mm-hmm. And so it, it was a period of time to where virtually everyone at Hancock Whitney either had someone reporting to them that was at the other bank or worked for someone from the other bank. So it was a true commingling of resources to double the size of the company. And uh, and it took a few years to line that out. And when we did, the company just took off in growth. And so you, know, so you Hancock, went from a $4, four billion dollar, uh, company in 19, uh, we, 2008. To thirty billion. Well, we were we went into the storm mm-hmm. um, as a three big the Katrina storm. Yeah. We went into the Katrina as a three billion dollar bank. Mm-hmm. Um, six months later, we were five mm-hmm. um, because of all the growth that occurred on the coast from Katrina. Um, uh, by two thousand and uh, seven or so, I think we were uh, six, and uh, and now we're thirty. Wow, and yeah. and and because of the combination of the two franchises, not, and the skills were different. Mm-hmm. You know, we were the the consumer small business commercial bank. Uh, Whitney had a, a much larger and uh, a commercial, uh, excuse me, corporate banking uh, franchise that that Hancock didn't have. And so when you put the two together, you had both a bigger footprint, a bigger organization. And very complementary skills, so mm-hmm. it took a long time to get to know each other. And yeah, so, right. but at the point we achieved that, that that cadence was restored to our normal operating uh, practices, and as a result, the bank's grown fifty percent in the past just few years. Wow, profitability's maybe three x what it was mm-hmm. just five years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's I means we went through a tough time, but have come out of it as a strong organization. How has your life as a leader changed? Well. And I think the the busier you get, and I think everybody, well, at least I did, and and maybe some people were brighter than me, but having the proper balance between um, your family, um, your business, your faith, I mean, having that whole balance um, is, I think it's learned versus, you know, just born with. I mean, because right. your career gets busy and, and, uh, and you get children coming up, and it just seems like that time between about 25, and 50 is uh, is a challenge because you have so many things in le- your life that you love right and trying to allocate the proper share for each of them becomes an impossible task mm-hmm. and so uh so you know you raise your kids as as good as you can and i've got just terrific kids i'm so proud of them both uh but balancing that with uh with your broader family which is your colleagues right. i've got 
I've got 4,100 people that are my extended family. Right. And the decisions that I make will either help them or not. And so uh, for me, it, it, it's a personal requirement to put their needs before my own um, to ensure that that 4,100 becomes 8,200 some point in time and that we continue uh, providing the culture of our organization to benefit the communities we operate. So, you know, when, when I have my last day at the office, um, uh, I think success for me isn't measured by how big the company is or how much money it makes. Uh, it's really more around how many people that we helped inside and outside the company because at the end of the day, any bank that isn't driven by its success making good things happen in the community mm-hmm. um, uh, has lost its way. So anything else you want to say about the merger before we actually shift gears to the community? Sure. Do you, do you want to? Any- about the th- well, yeah. no, it's, it's been a great experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, one, of the, the, one of the most wonderful parts of, of, of my daily job is how many communities, we're in a lot of communities now. I mean, yeah. you, know, the, you know, the Gulf Coast is home. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, New Orleans is home. I mean, so because of, we have such a large, you know, body of, of clients around here, that, that this whole area really is home. Um, but we're in Jacksonville. We're in mm-hmm. College Station. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, I was with a guy yesterday who's a big Texas A&M uh, guy. Is, uh, is, uh, both he and his wife are retired faculty from the uh, – his wife was a coach at Texas A&M, and as I'm sitting there talking, he's telling me about his time uh, at College Station. It occurs to me, we've got facilities in College Station now. And uh, and so it's just shocking when you start thinking about the breadth of the organization and going and meeting people and finding just how similar our people are, regardless of ethnicity, you know, black, white, Hispanic, the whole footprint from Texas to Florida is made up of people a very similar commitments to community yeah. and to family. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's just a wonderful part of our country. It's a wonderful part of the world. And uh, and as the company gets bigger, uh, it has expanded the way we look at things mm-hmm. to the point that we realize uh, how much benefit companies that operate in this footprint, the difference they can make in the community, whether it's a bank, an yeah, energy right, company, right. a healthcare organization, what whatever about, it may be. Say a few things just about the strategic value of the Mississippi Gulf Coast and how it fits into the, the bigger region. Well, you know, I mentioned earlier, uh, I mean, boy, that could be a, we could spend we an could, hour just could. on that topic. But, um, um, uh, Mississippi as a state, Alabama, Louisiana included, I would say Alabama, Mississippi, and, and Louisiana um, are very uh, charitable peoples. The culture is a very giving um, it's, you know, you can move to those areas um, and be home really quick. And of those, the Gulf Coast is probably one of the best in terms of welcoming people, regardless whether they're, they're high income, low income, their ethnicity, their, their religion. Uh, once you move in, you're in the club. <laughs> well, I've said right. so many times yeah. in the last few days, and I'll continue to say it. Buildings don't make a community. The people do. That's yeah, one of our yeah. lessons after Katrina. But the people of the Gulf Coast, it, as you said, it's not just coastal Mississippi. Mm-hmm. We we live in a region of the U.S. Mm-hmm. that has as its biggest asset its people. Mm-hmm. When we come back, we're going to talk about regional leadership and why that's important. Uh, mm-hmm. John Harrison, the CEO of Hancock Whitney, thank you for being here and thank you for joining us today. We'll be back after this break. Talk 
Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Twitter at SupertalkMSGC. Sidewalk side or neutral ground side? It doesn't matter if you can't fit everyone in the car on parade night. And don't forget to make space for throws. Visit Baldwin Subaru in Covington and we'll show you how the Subaru Ascent is a Mardi Gras game changer. With 19 cup holders, there's spots for everyone's go cup and room for eight means grandma won't have to compete with your beads for the last seat. Whether you're a sidewalk cider or a neutral ground cider, Baldwin Subaru has the parade vehicle for you. Here's the Sports Medicine Minute by Bienville Orthopedics. Hello, my name is Ekaterina Karpitskaya. I'm an orthopedic surgeon with Bienville Orthopedics, the one to trust. If you are having persistent aches and pains in the same body part, like your knee or your shin, that only happens when you run and persists after running and does not go away after a few days of rest, it's time to see a specialist such an orthopedic surgeon. How old is too old to start an active lifestyle? There's no such number. There are some Ironmen in their 80s. If there are some persistent injuries that are keeping you from running, there are other alternatives that you could try, such as swimming or riding your bicycle. While exercising or being active in the South Mississippi heat, it's very important to hydrate. Bienville Orthopedics, Mississippi's largest orthopedic practice since 1981. So you probably already know, Adventures Pub and Spirits has won awards for local favorites hangout on the coast and best bar on the coast, but you may not know that Adventures also features an excellent lunch special menu Monday through Friday. Homemade lasagna, burgundy beef tips, chicken fried steak, oh, shrimp, creole, and more for only $8.95. Oh, my personal favorite, the seafood pie loaded up. Lump crab meat, shrimp and cheese baked in a flaky pie crust. Adventures Pub and Spirits, one block north of the Hard Rock, next door to City Hall on Lemuse. Convenience, or saving your time, as promised by a lot of people these days. But going to one place for one thing, then another for something else, is your time wasted. That's why Folks Drugs is real convenience. At Folks Drugs, you can fill up the boat or small motors with non-ethanol-grade gas. Then grab the coldest beer around with the huge, huge selection of beer, and a lot of it local beers. Folks Drugs is convenience. Pops Ferry Road in Biloxi and Washington Avenue in Ocean Springs. Save time at Folks Drugs. Since 1950, when you needed help and advice from an experienced attorney, you turned to Boyce Holloman and Associates. Standing on the principles of experience, integrity, and results, Boyce Holloman and Associates can help you and your family with a variety of legal matters. When you come to Boyce Holloman and Associates of Gulfport, every client, every case gets the level of service from attorneys and staff who honor the legacy of Boyce Holloman's tradition of excellence. See Dean and Tim Holloman at Boyce Holloman and Associates, 1720 23rd Avenue, Gulfport. Hey, I'm Steve Azar, and you never know who or what you'll hear when I spend a Mississippi minute with my friends. Talking yeah. to Paul Thorne, Mississippi, true treasure, uh, really incredible recording artist, singer, songwriter. has been doing it a long time, doing it the right way. It's almost like a Forrest Gump thing because, uh, you know, I was a boxer, slash, I worked in a furniture factory, slash, I had a gig two nights a week playing my acoustic guitar in a pizza restaurant, slash, I was in the National <laughs> Guard, and, wow. uh, you know, all this stuff was going on at the same time. Slash, I had a writing contract with Rick Hall and Fame. In a Mississippi minute. 
Be sure to check out In a Mississippi Minute with me, Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk Mississippi app, and now available on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back. I'm Ricky Matthews, and I'm here with uh, the CEO of Hancock Whitney, uh, John Hairston, and he's told a great story from his early days of fishing on the rock pile in Long Beach to becoming CEO of an incredibly successful bank that serves this region. So, John, we have, we have a few more minutes left, and I want to reflect for a minute about why, why it is important for people to step up in the community, people who are in various roles, whether it be CEO roles or working various companies. Why is private sector leaders so critical to a region like ours? Um. I'll give you two answers, but but let me let me lead with the first one. It's too late if you wait until suddenly you're a big dog. You get a big title, you got a big office, you can direct money and teams of people to work on things. But if that's the first time you engage to do good things for the community, you haven't gotten your reps in. So you you don't know how to do it and you don't know how to make that network work. You have to start it when you're young, and and what you bring to the table is energy and vigor, right? If you wait right, till right. till uh, till you know you're an old guy like me and you, you know you, uh, you know we, we we slept three hours a night back in the day, right, Ricky, and got all kinds of things done. Now, now I need six or seven, and so <laughs> so it's important. I think the the greatest gift that we as as uh, more mature, I'll, 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 can I just say more mature? You and can. Not, not call you, us old guys. You can, but uh, that we can give is to instill that service ethic in the younger people that we work with. There's a group called Coast Young Professionals right now. We didn't have that Mm -hmm. 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. Now we do. And so Mm -hmm. it's a vehicle where those young people with a little bit of direction can use all that energy Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and a no-quit attitude to get really good at at, at doing the Lord's work, so to speak, in the community. And then by the time they're running the place, because they're going to, right, in 20 years, that crowd of people – I don't know how many of them it'll be, but but they're going to be the ones in charge of everything. And if they've got their master's degree in community service, so to speak, by that time, what a wonderful region we can have. And so I think first it's making sure that the younger people are getting their reps in in positions of leadership. And they may not make great decisions every time, but they're going to learn from it just like you know mm-hmm. we all did. Um, the second part of the importance is because – you know, there's a, there's an American phenomenon right now that is undesirable to where everything is somebody else's fault. It's never my fault. It's somebody else's fault. And um, uh, and at the end of the day, if we don't like something going on, it's our fault. Yeah. And you have to take the approach that that uh, uh, that we're going to work with our elected officials to make sure they understand what we believe is important and not important. Um, I mean, they're elected to represent us. And if we don't give them guidance and design, I mean, no, it's not just yelling at people all the time. That's yeah. that's a convenient and easy way to give guidance, but you have to communicate and communicate succinctly and communicate with prioritization. And so the business organizations and the civic organizations, um, the education organizations, all have an awful lot of intellect and, and capacity to give that type of guidance. And getting all of those groups to begin working better together to come up with both short-term and much more strategic longer-term investments that we can make in the community so that a generation or two down the road, 
you really see that benefit. I mean, yeah. the, the gaming industry, since you were talking to, uh, mm. to, to Rick and Terry yesterday, um, who would have thought that a fairly innocuous piece of legislation passed would lead to an explosion of tourism revenue that has essentially mm-hmm. rebuilt our schools yeah, it really on the has. coast. And, 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 so, and the, the private sector, political sector, how everyone came together and were to really coalescing around yeah. the goal. But it's very difficult, and, uh, uh, and it's not unpopular to say this, but it's true, but uh, partisanship is in the way of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, uh, and getting uh, folks comfortable moving outside their party moving outside their, their liberal or conservative, right or left, whatever v- words you want to use, getting together to think about what are the most strategic beneficial investments we can make. And they may be different in different parts of the region, different parts of the coast, and what we may need to invest in in Jackson County or Harrison County or Hancock County may be very different. Yeah. Um, in the border counties, it may be more about, because we have such a great industrial utility in those counties, it may be about investing in school systems or domicile so that people want to live right. in county versus live somewhere else. Um, it may be in partnering with neighboring states to, uh, I mean, the Michoud, uh facility in uh, uh, in uh, uh, Orleans Parish, without Michu, Stennis is handicapped. Without Stennis, there is no Michu. And right. so, so getting the states to work well together across the borders and getting the counties to work better together for the benefit of the region, it is the secret sauce to creating jobs and becoming maybe more of an import for talent than an export for talent uh, uh, when it comes for uh, for, for people. You know, I, in, the com- people. in the conversation with Haley, I, the, sort of the, the, the lingering thought that I had as he reflected on the bipartisan support we got in Congress uh, after Katrina, I, I really covet the days that we could have bipartisan debates and have solutions for America again. Well, you know, the old saying that, uh, 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 is it, is it, is it the mother of invention is necessity? Yeah. Is that that the way it's said? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, that's what we had. We had necessity after Katrina. So it didn't matter where you lived, who you were, what your politics were. It was about getting the coast back together. Um, uh, you know, yesterday, is it time? Yeah, so we gotta go. Let's, yeah, okay. let's do this, John. I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time. Your leadership in the community, your leadership at Hancock Whitney has been something that's been inspirational. And I think we'll have the opportunity to get together again and maybe dive even deeper into the community work and whatever. Sure. But let me tell you, this show's needed. Well, thank it's you. good to have these kind of conversations, yeah. and uh, uh, I appreciate you and the station's willingness to invest time and money into it. Thank you very Thanks much. Have a great day and see you tomorrow. You bet. Take care. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.